everybody, and welcome again to the Butterfly Sound Effect Podcast. I'm your host, NVMC, and sitting by my side as usual is my co-host, Tim Baker. What's up, Tim? What is up? And on today's podcast, uh, we're going to have out DJ Eddie Portillo. Uh, he's a house DJ and producer from Southern California. He, uh, he runs a house uh, collective uh, called Madhouse DJs. And um, yeah, he's a really cool guy. We had him out. Um, I saw a post that he had made on Facebook about him basically getting fired from his job and him just looking up at his boss and saying, all right, cool, I'm out. It's time to put all my focus on music. And uh, so when I saw that post, I, I thought he'd be a really cool guest to have on and, you know, share his story. And so we had him out and uh, we talked to him. We, we got we got to hear his side of things and he's he's got some really cool stuff to talk about. So tune in and uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode. All right. What's up, Eddie? Thanks for cruising in. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. We brought Eddie in today because I kind of came across him on uh, some social media, and I just I was I just saw a post that he made that I I thought kind of hit me, uh, hit me in a, a way that I was like, wow, this is really entertaining. He had a he had almost a second life it seems, and his life uh, was not anything that you would normally see on social media, I guess. And it didn't, and, and uh, he had a second job, and. Uh, you just basically said, uh, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> and uh, I'm focusing all on music. And that's kind of what, what I'm doing with this. I'm not really at that point yet where I'm completely out of my job, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to work towards that. So, yeah, I saw the comment and I was like, wow, that's really cool. And uh, I decided to kind of look into you and I started looking up your music and stuff. And uh, yeah, so I decided to hit you up and bring you out. So, oh, man, yeah, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, why don't we kind of take it from the top on uh, what you're all about? What, what do you do, DJ and produce and all that? Um, house music, tech house. I've uh, been doing it for about four years now. I uh, started April 2013. Nice. Um, started doing back rooms, side rooms. Sutra was my first residency from Sutra. Moved to Exchange, Exchange Create. Mm-hmm. It was little by little, gradually just started progressing on, you know, just landmarks in LA. Um, yeah. That took me to start playing at other states, other cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year, exactly a year ago from this last Thursday, as a matter of fact, I started a collective, Madhouse DJs. Right. And um, that's that's catapulted all of us to a different level now. So that's kind of what you know has helped me really make this a, a full time job now. So yeah, just kind of dropped the mic at work, and I was like, dude, I can't do this anymore, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. It's too much. <laughs> we love that. Well, yeah. Those are very reputable clubs too. You yeah. know what I mean? That's a that sounds like a real solid progression and something worthy of assessing whether or not you know what I mean. You're going to still put in the grind on the day job and stuff like right. that. And it's commendable because I think as artists, that's what we're all trying to do, right? Like. Right. We all have to work and to pay the bills and obviously make time for us to create. Yep. And the ultimate dream is for us to have all the time we want to create. You exactly. Know? Yeah. So why don't we get into a little bit about the uh, Madhouse roster then? Uh, Madhouse roster. Yeah. Uh, started off with uh, Maxo, DJ Maxo. We got Jay Torres, uh, D. Zeladone, Mario B. And uh, we had Julian Anthony uh, as part of our team when we first started and uh Rosters had a couple of changes from then. Uh, Julian Anthony's no longer on the roster. Uh, but then I started a technology division, which added uh, Sean Cruda and a duo called Forward. Mm. Um, so it's eight of us total. And uh, literally the only reason why I did it was because I kind of wanted to help. I saw something in each one of them, something different. And I wanted to help them get to where I was, mm. alleviating all the bullshit that I went through. 
Right. I mean, okay. all the, you know, all the, all the, you know, you can play in the back room if you book three bottles and sell 50 tickets. Like, uh, dude, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so, yeah. so I, I have helped them, you know, create their press kits and, you know, I have guided them through, you know, how to ask for gigs and, you know, got some of them debuted on the main stage at Exchange Ready. And, that's awesome. you know what I mean? So that that's kind of like, you know, I told them in the very beginning, I'm, I'm not doing this as your agent. I'm not your manager. You don't need to ask me for permission for anything. You can do anything and everything you want. Mm-hmm. I'm only here to help you. Any advice you need, any changes you may want to make to your branding. You know what I mean? I, I have probably done it before. And if I haven't, I can probably find a good resource for us, you know, for, for you to yeah. do it the right way instead of, you know, having to figure shit out and, and just hit a bunch of brick walls and, you know, waste time doing something that collectively we all have the same goal. So we all help each other get to, you know, where we all want to be. That's awesome. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking like great. The pay it forward mentality, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've, you've been through the shit before and being able to pass that knowledge on to yeah. up and coming people. That's what makes the scene thrive that's what you know what i mean builds a community in which people are working together and building things you know what i mean instead of constant competition exactly i like that exactly that seems to be kind of a theme that i've been noticing on some of the guests that we've had on uh some of the most successful guests that have been coming up have all had like a solid group of guys that they're all coming up with Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and that that's uh that's really important i think that's good to have and because i see a lot of times like some you know sometimes back in the day at least I know when guys were still like spinning on tables when we do like the high school thing, a lot of times guys didn't want to share secrets mm-hmm. or like, or like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? It was very, uh, which <clears throat> trade secrets like you get, but like a lot of times, I guess you might get an apprentice type deal or yeah. something you take under your wing. But yeah, yeah, that's, I think it's good to have that, that camaraderie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we talk about some of these other places you guys have played? I was going over some, uh, some of the stuff on the website you have, um, some of these festivals and, uh, playing in miami and whatnot yeah yeah we, yeah, did. we, talk we about had a that? show in uh, miami this year collaborated with chris garcia and move las vegas uh we had a show at oceans 10 and i was i had the uh, honor of showcasing the whole roster oh wow and also nice. uh, so I, everybody played in miami um so i was that wasn't my debut in miami but it was everybody else's debut in miami sean Cruda played with us mm-hmm. uh he wasn't part of the roster yet officially but he was there with us um, and then I, I booked uh, a couple other guys too, including Lars V, which is part of uh, Genaro and Villa's King of Drums label in Amsterdam. Mm. So he came out. So it, it was it was really cool. Jacob Galone from New York came out. He signed to Nervous Records. Wow. Um, so it was a really really cool show. Really good. Uh, really good turnout. Uh, very. It's just the the place was just. It, I'm getting chills right now talking about it. Yeah, right? <laughs> it was just, I mean, it was more than all of us expected, you know. It's, right. Everything was perfect, you know, and we can't wait to go back. So I'm, I'm working on another showcase uh, for this coming uh, Miami Music Week as well. But but yeah, that was it was amazing. It was it was awesome. And nice. come, coming back from that, you know, then, you know, I got the guys doing the gallery at Exchange and the back room mm-hmm. at Sutra. And then, you know, we came back from, Mi- from Miami and it was like all gears changed. Like everybody yeah. started focusing, you guys looking level- at us a little differently. Sure. Like, oh, you know, these guys just played in Miami during music week at an official party during the week. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at an yeah. official venue, like it wasn't just up. like a little pop-up shop. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so everybody, everybody got the respect that they deserved when we came back. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's also that's a whole other level too, because it's one thing getting booked out in Miami on a big week like that, yeah. but being able to bring the whole crew. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. next level, man. Yep, that's cool. So as far as being back home, uh, you guys are doing something in Costa Mesa as well. Yeah, we have a residency at a uh, Kitsch Bar. Okay, so we do yeah. the, the first Friday every month. Um, that's uh, our good friend Andrew Martinez from uh, Future Future Management has given us the opportunity. So it's really cool because it's very intimate. It's um, it's 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 you know just personal it's like uh like small vibes you know what i mean you can go test out new music 
um, play some remixes, you know, it's just, and it's none, there's no pressure. It's not a thousand people in front of you, you know? And lately we've, we've used it as a, as a source, as an outlet to give people from different cities and states the opportunity to come out and play Mm. here with us. So, uh, recently we had, uh, Chris Herrera from Boston come out. Mm. Uh, we had the Patria underground, uh, collective takeover one day as well. So we, you know, we switch it up every now and then. Um, in the beginning, it was like all Madhouse, and we would play every single Friday. And I was just like, "Why are we doing this? Like, <laughs> right. you know, like yeah. you switch it up. Let's bring some yeah. guests, special guests." Totally. So it's it's worked out very well for us. And uh, and then the more recently now, we've actually uh, come to an agreement with Pattern Bar in downtown LA, which is a pretty prestigious when it mm. comes down to underground house. Uh, Mariana, the owner there, she's she's been amazing with us. We had our debut, and it it was amazing on a Thursday. Um, so now we'll, we'll be headed back there as well and kind of doing the same thing as Kitsch Bar, but just a little better in our, in our terms, just because it's, it's in hometown, it's in downtown LA. It's a little bit more accessible to our crowd, our people, but, um, but yeah, we'll be having Kitsch Bar and Pattern Bar and we'll be doing the same thing on Pattern Bar too, bringing some, some guest DJs and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Kitsch Bar too. I've definitely been there a couple of times. That's definitely one of those, you know, it's like a, like a kickback type of event. Like he was saying, a little more laid back, no pressure, you know, right. and one of those nights where it's like everybody can cut loose and relax and listen to some tunes, yep. you know, not the big lights of a, an exchange type club, exactly. obviously. Yeah. So uh, what about uh, what about your music then? You said you started producing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Finally, uh, I was out in Jamaica. Uh, yeah, Jamaica. As a matter of fact, I played out there last week of June and um I was FaceTiming with the Madhouse guys. Uh, I got on uh, on uh, Facebook Messenger, so we did like a full blown like video chat, and everybody's yeah. faces were up and stuff. And I was playing music, and it was it was crazy because I got hired to play house music. And yeah. the day that I got to Jamaica, the entertainment manager that was hired to book the talent um, was forced to resign, I guess. And he took off. He went back to Canada. The day that I got there, he picked me up. He left the next morning. Oh, shit. And so the matter, the new manager comes up to me and he's like, yeah, you know, well, we know you got hired for house music, but, you know, we don't really like house music here. I was like, whoa. Uh, like, yeah. So it was, it was, up, it was huh? really, it was a big adjustment, but yeah. I managed it. And, you know, I was playing like top 40 house remixes and, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just kind of like I was still doing the house thing, but not so obvious and not underground. Oh yeah, I was in blasting techno and you know deep house and like you know uh-huh. I was doing more of the stuff like you know some like Egyptian lover remixes and stuff like that. Yeah. So it ended up working out. And on one of those days when I was face chatting the guys, uh, video chatting the guys, um, I started playing originals. Yeah. And uh, the guy who booked me there, his name was Norman H. Um, well, he was booked and he took me as like a, a special guest. Mm-hmm. Norman H. is the owner of uh, Strip Digital from London okay. uh, record label. So I started playing these originals, and he's standing behind me. And he's like, "Hey, mate, it's good music. I've never heard this before." And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's my track. Like, whatever, no big deal." And he goes, "Dude, let me put it on my label." And I'm like, "Really? Like, so bam, it was super crazy." Because I was on Tuesday, Sean arrived on Wednesday, and we signed the track on Friday in Jamaica. Nice, awesome. yeah. So we signed the contract out there and everything. So it was my first release, finally on Vport, which just also played a big factor into me quitting my day job now. Sure. Um, and that's like, that's all my focus. I've played everywhere and I've done everything that I've wanted to do as a DJ. Mm-hmm. And now there's things that I want to do as a producer. So I'm, I've set new goals for myself. I want to get signed to bigger labels, yeah. you know, some Spanish labels. Like we were talking earlier, some, you know, Cuban rhythm, yeah. like some nervous and made in Miami mm-hmm. type stuff. Um, so I'm working on collaborations right now with, uh, Laris V mm-hmm. from Amsterdam. 
I got a collaboration with Chaka and Marty, who are actually from Orange County as well. They're signed to a lot of labels. They have a lot of releases out on Beatport. Um, uh, my most recent project right now, I'm working on an EP with uh, DJ Caesar G. Extremely talented guy. He's been in the game for years, years and years. Um, so I sat in, sat in with him last week. Actually, we just started our first track, and uh, we're gonna make a three to four track EP, and we're looking to, to get that done and out before November. So. Nice. Yeah, so that, that's my focus right now. You know, that I get hit up for gigs and I still do the thing. You know, I, I still do Pattern Bar Exchange. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get booked for different things. But, um, but yeah, my focus right now is just, I got, like you said, I have all day to do what I love and, and just working on music. That's that's all I want to do right now. Perfect. The yeah. stoke. The stoke is real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, man. Well, why don't we do a little, <clears throat> why don't we go into uh, some tech talk since we're already talking about production and all that. Yeah, yeah. What's your uh, what's what's the gear like at home? What do, what do you what are uh, the staples of the studio? All right, so I live with Sean, Sean Cruda. He's mm-hmm. my roommate and uh he's a huge gearhead. Um mm-hmm. so we have uh, machine. We have machine yeah. micro. Um we have Ableton Push 2. Cool. Um we mostly work on Ableton when I'm working with Sean mm-hmm. and um more recently I've been messing a lot more with machine. Yeah. Um, DJ Caesar G, the one that I'm collaborating with on the EP, uses Machine Studio. Mm-hmm. So I I learned Machine Studio. Mario B owns Machine, so when he comes over, I kind of mess with it. And then we have the micro at home. Um, pretty much, yeah. Like I I kind of started learning on Logic, and it just I kind of fell off. I it's really? just not my thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I can't seem to get it. Hmm. But Ableton, Ableton, just really simple. Having yeah. the push. Um, Sean used to work at Sam Ash, mm-hmm. so. Just a bunch of plugins and you know, free stuff. Yeah, so so it's it's been really cool. He's extremely genius too. You know, to just kind of shadow him and that Ableton's my that that's yeah. my that's my baby. Yeah, that's nice. funny you say that. I'm, I'm one of the few people that went from Ableton to Logic. Oh, really? That doesn't happen too often no. in all of the producer circles, obviously that I talk in. But yeah. I ended up taking some like Pro Tools classes, uh, and it translated to Logic really nicely. Right. But I went from Fruity Loops way back in the day yeah, to yeah. Ableton, yep. and then. I've been on Logic for years now. I've just yeah. been kind of everyone. You know, it's like the the DAW wars. You know, you see online everybody. Oh, what's the best DAW or what's the best yeah. way to make music? It's like there is no best way There's to make no, music, yeah. man. It's what's what's the best way for you to just make music? Make yeah, yeah right? just make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mario B on Madhouse actually still uses Fruity Loops. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people lot, do. I mean, yeah, we come yeah. from we come from like the drum and bass dubstep circle. Okay. So it's it's funny, not funny, but it's it's entertaining to me having these conversations because. We aren't huge househeads, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But the electronic music uh, is such a, it's all encompassing sort of thing, you know what I mean? Right. There's so many parallels between the different subgenres of electronic music. Right. But also, it's not like we poo poo at it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're, we're kind of some of the older dudes as far as in our circles and clicks, and, yeah. you know, on the dubstep side. But yeah, man, I, it's funny. A- anytime we have gone to house shows or, you know what I mean, any, gone with our homies to go watch music. We have a lot of friends that are into house music. It seems like the circles are a lot more uh, like uh, open community family vibes. Like yeah. there's a lot of a lot of this going on yeah. in the bass right. music circles. Always, you know yeah. what I mean. So it's kind of funny to me. But just the the parallels, like you know, we're all using the same things and tools to make music. You know what I mean. We're all dealing in the same synths and things like that. Exactly. And we're all playing at the same places on different nights of the week. Exactly. You know, like that's really the the truth of it. Yeah. You know. But the parallels are always entertaining to me, you yeah. know, especially sitting down and talking to someone who's been through the paces on other sides of things. It's always I find it fascinating. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I like that a lot. So uh, what about other uh, other types of music? So like um, 
we we brought up you know we we come from a certain genre you know drum mm-hmm. and bass dubstep heavy bass but like we had mentioned earlier you know i've been getting it in cuban salsa mm-hmm. and i have a you know all these other tastes of music he is a, you know formerly from hardcore right and hardcore metal scene yeah. so uh, i mean we have all these different outlets of music for us so right. what about you do you have any other outside of house what do you listen to i mean man i grew up listening to everything my mom a huge, you know, 80s Michael Jackson, you know, just kind of funk and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So I, that was, that was you know, my childhood. And, of course, we're Hispanic, so listening to salsa, merengue, mm. cumbia, um, Mark Anthony, you know, just Jerry Rivera is going back to uh, Hector Lavoe, like just mm-hmm. a bunch of, like, you know, super old school, which I still listen to all the time. Yeah. Um, reggaeton had a huge influence on me, too, when right. I was when I was younger. Did the whole reggaeton scene when I was in, you know, high school and the white tees and the fitted hats and all that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I just, as far as influences go, if that's what you're asking with my music production. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very Latin, very Latin, mm-hmm. very, um, very rhythmic. Mm-hmm. Um, most of what I stu- most of what I play now is is Hispanic, is Latin house, tribal house. Yeah. So so we just get a lot of like the wood blocks from like you know mm-hmm. some salsa and some salsa vocals and African vocals and a lot of toms and congas and timbales and stuff like that. So that's as far as my music production goes. But listening wise, I mean. Dude, I just I DJ'd uh, Chester Bennington's memorial mm. um, a few weeks ago. Just, really? Yeah, I saw that track that was thrown up on yeah. your page. Oh, wait, so let's yeah, we'll let's talk about that. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I just I mean I I as far as you know like I the, the Lincoln Park was my shit. You know I grew mm. up listening to that. I Lincoln Park was that was my first album that I ever bought and owned. You know Hybrid Theory. And right. So I, you know I, it was weighed really heavy on me. I never got to saw them see them live, and it it, it sucked. But uh, but yeah, they hit me up. They asked me to DJ, so I just DJ Lincoln Park music the whole time. You know, I just wow. So, yeah, I and I mean, other than that, I mean, I still you know, music wise, it's just the, the full range, full range. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you know, I listen to Metallica. It's just that, just literally, there's probably nothing that I don't listen to. All right, yeah, well awesome. then, why don't we do this then? We got another thing that we do. It's called CD sessions. So mm-hmm. there's a big case uh, sitting oh, on the nice. side of you. <laughs> we all we all grew up in the same area, yeah. so you're probably going to see some stuff in there that you like. But yeah. basically, the whole thing is, you know, just pop it open, and then you know, start kind of naming off some of the CDs that you see, so whoever's listening can know what you're flipping through. And then if you see something that you know catches your eye, that has a good story, or maybe you went to a show and something funny about it, something that you can relate to. Cool, cool. Got some Slayer on here. Uh, let's see, Brook Bros podcast, The Corner, Murs. Let's see, I have one of these at home. I haven't opened one of these in a long time. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that stuff might be house. stuff that uh, is drum and bass and whatnot. So I don't know if you'll recognize, but you guys remember hip-hop. doing this in a car while you're driving? Yeah, you get it on the passenger. I had seat the visor. Yeah, yeah the, the visor so, slots. Styles of Beyond. Didn't they have something to go on with Linkin Park? Didn't they do some stuff with them? I that I don't know. I think that's a hip hop group. Oh, yeah. I think they did. Let me see here. Through the Roots, Pantera. Uh, There's a lot of like underground hip hop. I know. Stuff yeah. so this might be the first guest that we have that yeah. we're just on different spectrums. There's yeah. some Metallica Offspring on that one. Yeah, I saw that right there. Offspring. Yeah. But that's why we like having guests that come in. Yeah. We don't want to always have the same thing. This this is supposed to be a you know all encompassing of all styles of music. Bass. Yeah. So Dirty Phonics. 
Yeah. Oh, you like Dirty Phonics? Oh, for sure. All right, cool. Yeah. yeah. For sure. My boy, my boy Herbert introduced me to them at, at EDC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we did. actually had a we had a, a funny story about him on an, uh, about them on another podcast with uh Odagio, huh? Yeah. With Jason. Yeah. Odagio? Yeah. Yeah, photographer? Yeah, he yeah. was he was a guest on the podcast uh, oh, cool. a couple episodes ago. Nice. Actually, you might know the other one that we've had too. He might know Adam. Adam Gorilla McGavin? McGavin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I do. I do. Yeah. He's a really cool good cool guy too. I know I ran into him all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see him. It's yeah, I see him up in LA. Up. Yeah. Always in the best of moods too. Yeah, man. Just living the dream. Right. That's what it's all about. Right? Get free. Yeah, I recently started getting into like Bob Marley. I'm listening to like Bob Marley stuff yeah. and Ziggy and Yeah. Have uh have you seen that the feud, the beef with uh, with Kanye and Jay Z? No. Yeah. Not recently. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess I guess he he finally took it too far and, and Jay's like, dude, you can't be talking about my kids like that. <laughs> Wu Tang. My kids and, and, and my wife. <laughs> yeah, Wu Tang for sure. Yeah, when I, I I did I did the whole chronic album, Dr. Dre, Tupac. Yeah. yeah, that was those are my days too. I grew up surprisingly enough, a lot of people don't when I tell them when I tell them where I grew up and they ask me, Oh, is where are you from? I grew up in South Central downtown. I was, yeah. yeah, I went to Rosemont Elementary School. I had friends oh, cool. expelled, stabbing people. I was, you know, around gangs twenty four seven. Yeah, so that, I, how I pulled out of it, the only, the only, only, only explanation reason is my mom. She was, she was super hard on me when, when I was growing up. Shout and, out to mom, respect, big time. Nice. Yeah, respect. I look, I don't know anybody from that. You know, part of my life, I moved around a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, that's so. I mean, the music, I was just, you know, that was the closest that I could get to being a gangster when I was a kid. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I get another whole chronic album by heart. And I, I actually still have those CDs. I remember I stole it from my uncle because I knew my mom was going to buy it for me. Right. So, <laughs> hey, so were you going to festivals back in the day out of high school and all that? Or when did you start going no, to shows? Uh, actually, my first show, uh, shout out to Sergio Cuevas. Um, he took me to Tau Together's One 2008. Okay. Oh, Armin yeah. Van Buren at the sports arena. Yeah. And I, I walked we in. And I we was, were probably there. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was already DJing because I've, I've been DJing fully since I was 18. I'm, t- I'm 29 now. So I've, okay. I've been in the game for about 10 years, 11. And I used to do like, you know, the hip hop, the open format, Spanish clubs. I did Margarita Jones and HP, West Covina. You know, I did uh Sevilla's in Long Beach I did you know across the street I did uh Alegria for a long time um so that was like before this all started in 2008 my buddy goes you know come on let's let's go to a rave you know I want to take you and I was like dude I don't do drugs man yeah. <laughs> he was like no like it's it's really cool like you don't have like come just come uh, with me yeah. like you'll be fine I'm like dude like and these are like you know I grew up with stories oh they put you know stickers on you and then you got acid like oh, oh like, yeah, fuck. yeah like yeah. I don't want anybody to touch All me the like yeah. stories yeah so I ended up going, I ended up going and it was, I walked in and I, I remember, I will never forget that feeling. I walked in and I looked around and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And I told him, I said, you mean to tell me all these people are here for one DJ right now? And he's like, yep. 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 And I was like, all right, I, I need to switch up a couple of things. Like this, this is what I want. Yeah. And I went to the back cause yeah, I had the sports scene and then they had the tent out in the back. Mm-hmm. He's like, let's go check out the other DJ. So I walk over to the back 
And I walk up as close as I can, and I'm like kind of searching, and I see this guy with a fucking mouse head, and I'm like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> and he's like, you don't know who that is? And I'm like, nah, bro. And he's no. like, that's Dead Mouse. And I'm like, I'm fucking, I don't know who that is. You know, it was my first rave. I was, yeah. And I right. just remember my reaction, like, dude, it's fucking hot. Like, what do you think? How can you DJ with that on? And <laughs> lo and behold, the whole, you know, and he, and he was doing the side tent. Now, you know, obviously look where he's at. But um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, that was 2008. And then, you know, I did EDC a couple years out here. I did EDC in Vegas. Um, and then I've, I've played a few festivals. I've done what electric, uh, sundown music festival and silent discos. I've, I've done a, quite a few, but, um, but yeah, as far as, as far as my transition, you know, as a DJ doing, you know, electronic music. Cause when I started, I, me- I remember my first gig was, uh, 10 in Newport beach yeah. and I did the back room. I had, I had, I yep. had, was it four friends, three friends that showed up? It was Katrina, it was my boy Cheese, Marco, and my friend Michelle from work. Those are the four people that showed up, and I'll never forget that. It was my very, very first show. And I was playing fucking Dead Mouse, Cascade. I was fucking, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, I swear I was fucking playing to like 10,000 people. Right. <laughs> um, and then that's where, you know, the, my my taste in music, which, you know, I, with like you were saying, the, the, the spectrum of electronic dance yeah. music. I mean, sometimes, yo, I, I fucking love Flume. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Like, yeah, he's a fucking genius. Super His production talented, is dude. extremely, you know, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I listen to Flume, and then sometimes, you know, got drum and bass. I'll do Dirty Phonics a little bit. Sure. You know, so yep. I, 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 with all due respect, every genre, you know, I don't, one of the biggest pet peeves I have is is going on social media and you know, be all you know, fucking techno heads, you know, people yeah. that are all about techno, ah, fucking dirty ass music, and fucking. Mm-hmm. I went to exchange and fucking, you know, so and so is playing is fucking trash, and it's like, dude, it's right. not your music, but it's somebody else's. Somebody you know else's. I mean, it's yeah, it's still the creative process and and the the passion, the commitment that it takes to making the music, whether you think it's garbage or not. It took somebody else time and effort, you know what I mean, to 100%. make it. So as a producer, I, I completely respect every genre. You'll never see me bad mouth. You yeah. go through my social media years. I, I don't bad mouth, you know, anybody, yeah. any any kind of music. But um well, you put but I definitely negative. I look I look at I'm sorry, I, I no, listen no. to mixes from three years ago and I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> but it's just, you know, as far as, you know, the mixing goes and like what I was trying to do. And it's like now, you know, like I said, I, I'm doing this for the Madhouse guys because back then I thought, fuck, I need to play bangers so I could hit the main stage. And yeah. it's not like that. You know right. I mean? You gotta work. So now even then that plays a role into my production. Excuse me. So you know, like when I was sat in with Caesar G, and he's like, "So you, what do you want to make?" And I said, "Look, I'm not a headliner yet. Mm-hmm. I want to make music that I can open with. You know what I mean? So that that plays yeah. that plays a huge factor in you Smart. know what I'm making, Smart. Yep. so that I could play it, I could promote it. You know, and even if it you know sounds good and a headliner plays my music, then great. But I'm not gonna come in making something at 128 and fucking you know sins and crashes and everything. And yeah. I got a fucking 10 o'clock slot direct support, and it's like, yo, what are you doing? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So. But but yeah, the, this my spectrum of music has changed entirely. You know, from yeah. four years ago when I first started. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's smart. The positioning like that. It's uh, we're big fans of comedy, and I I was I don't know. I'm sure you've heard the story too about Jamie Fox, about that not being his his name, his real name. Oh yeah, yeah. So Jamie Fox Fox is not his real last name, and it's spelled what F O X X. Yeah. So he did that because he said that back when he started as like an opener or whatever, he noticed that they would start they would book more women mm. as the direct opener for the headliner. Uh, and usually he would kind of get bumped down as it would be like the, the first guy, and then maybe another one, and then uh-huh. a female, uh-huh. and then the headliner. So he changed his last name so that when the, the guy was looking to book, oh, Jamie Foxx, yeah, we'll put we'll put her in. And then uh, shows up. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. yeah. Tricks of the trade sometimes, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
you just got to know your place. You know, yeah. like, like I tell these guys, you know, it's just, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're obviously we all have a common goal. We all want to be somewhere. We mm-hmm. all want to make music and have, you know, top tens on B-Port and do festivals and main stage, but it's a process, you know, yeah. and you got to contribute to your, your portion exactly. of, of the bargain, right? Yeah, like that's sure. really what it is. I mean, you, that's what it is. Essentially promoters are bargaining to have you come out. Mm-hmm. You, uh, put the ego aside yeah. and do what's best for exactly. the entire lineup. And then that reputation follows you. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's a reputation you want to have, not somebody that's making pumping out bangers. Yeah. But like you said, playing at 10 o'clock and it's like, but this is my original music. Yeah. Well, no one gives a fuck because yeah. that's not what we need right now. Exactly. Exactly. You're right, man. It's, it's the dynamics and the politics of the whole DJ game. But if you actually keep that in your mind while you are progressing, it yeah. goes a long way for sure. Come correct. That's what I always say. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Do you uh, do you listen to any other podcasts, like interview uh, style like this? Interview style? No. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm usually if I work, I'm working at home. I play podcasts like mixes, and uh-huh. I'll, I'll work on you know I started started making my own flyers recently. I'm working on like media stuff and promotion, and I'll listen to a mix if I hear a track I like, then I'll go back to the podcast. I'll look at the track list, and cool. as far as interviews go, I mean it. it the most, the most interview that i will see or hear on a podcast is if i watch like a youtube like they'll do like uh like the ones in uh in amsterdam where they'll like talk to them for like you know five ten minutes and then they'll mix right the rest of the time you know yeah yeah so I'll talk about your new shows what's coming up your new release and then that's about it but as far as full full-blown interview now yeah yeah i'm still pretty happy about the fact that we're still kind of in the forefront of doing all this out here yeah i just did finally see somebody that's doing uh basically the same style and format layout that we have mm-hmm. uh alice dj alice in wonderland uh-huh that, yeah right yeah she, i was like oh god she got it <laughs> you know what i mean but i was stoked because we've already got a year under our belt and oh, the whole nice. way that this works i got it we adopted it from the comedy circle uh-huh. is that yeah a lot of people just listen uh-huh. to mix you know and they don't talk or whatever and uh so we just adopted this from the comedy world so these guys would be working the circuit mm-hmm. you know but then they found that during the week they could just chit chat amongst themselves and comics are a lot more funny yeah you know so they keep up the, the conversation really well and some of these guys are doing four to six hours oh, of straight just <laughs> and it's it they're hilarious yeah yeah and so they, they're entertaining but so that's they a do. marathon yeah, <laughs> yeah right and so i've been i've been like stoked that we we've gotten to kind of be in the forefront of doing this because we're, I, we just adopted their setup mm-hmm. and we watched everyone just grow and rise in the comic world mm-hmm. that's in their own groups like say you guys had your own podcast and you're rising together well instead of people only hearing your music they could actually listen to you guys talk about it and yeah. what it took to get there and so that's why you know we're bringing people out we, um, we try and go to all the different places we've yeah. had live music we've had uh house music now i think that would be the first on that one right yeah. drum and bass we've yeah. had yeah we we try and go everywhere photographers cool. you know i think that's the big thing is actually creating a platform for the people that drive the industry that aren't also necessarily artists yeah right you know us running in our dj circles we could bring in a different dubstep dj right. or drum and bass dj in here every week well, that's why we started reaching out to like the photographers yeah. promoters yeah. like you know these these are kind of like the unsung heroes that make the wheels turn exactly in, and provide the content at right. least on the live setting to help drive uh what these artists are doing so it's kind of you know that's part of it it's kind of like the community outreach like sit down talk about it get to know these people that you've seen their content before for sure yeah and let them elaborate on it a little bit more than maybe what you get at face value and i think there's always some good underlying stories to go along with yeah any every different aspect of the industry really yeah Yeah, it's it's just crazy you know like i said we started this off I saw a Facebook post. Yeah. That's all, that's all this was. I had no idea that you had 
you know, you were playing and performing at uh, Lincoln Park's, you know, funeral, Chester's funeral and yeah. all the other stuff. And then to hear your story. So that's that's why we're trying to get people out here to, to speak. And that's cool. Yeah. Um, and another thing that we haven't really brought up is uh, soccer. Yeah. So <laughs> he's a former soccer player. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we yeah talk pro. about that a little bit? Yes. I mean, uh, when I was 12, uh, we moved out to Virginia, lived down in Virginia for two years. Um, so it was right before high school. I went out there and it was my debut for club team. And um, coming from California, which is considered the most competitive state for soccer in the country, and going out to Virginia, um, scored six goals in the first half. So oh, wow. caught attention oh, from a lot of people. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, so the, the that's where the the the, sh- the game kind of shifted, and it was like, all right, cool. Like I could get serious about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was out there seventh and eighth grade. I came back, um, went to St. John Bosco my freshman year of high school. Okay. Um, I was uh, the only freshman on the varsity team, uh, so I did varsity. And I was playing against Santa Margarita, Modern Day, like you know, big time schools. Mm-hmm. You know, our players are getting recruited to UCLA. You know, playing in Maryland, stuff like that. Um, sophomore year, I ended up going out to, uh, Gar high school in Cerritos. Um, my freshman year when I wasn't there, the team was like two and 18 and my first year there as a sophomore, um, we were like 22 and one or 22 and two or something like that. So started getting the eyes of recruits, you know, people were coming out watching and stuff. Um, junior year, I went out to Mexico, um, went out to Mexico. I played for a professional team out there, Cruz Azul and, um, it's an amazing experience. Lived in the clubhouse. Um, it was really oh, fucking rad. cool. And uh, came back. I, I did uh, Cerritos College uh, mm-hmm. for a year. Uh, my first year there was our first year taking state champs. So we won uh, state champs at Cerritos College. And then um, that was about it. That was, I mean, as far as like that that exact timeline went, uh, when I was in club soccer during high school. Um, I had a really bad knee in- knee injury, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't want to get the surgery because I was scared that it was that was not going to come back to a hundred. So, not treating it, it started progressing, started getting worse. So when I was out in Mexico, I was getting banged up a lot. It was getting worse. Came back, I did Cerritos, kind of got worse. So I took a little bit of a break, and this is it's it's funny that you bring it up because soccer was actually the reason for the transition into DJing. Um, mm-hmm. I was already kind of DJing, you know, at eighteen, nineteen, doing you know little side gigs and you know clubs and stuff. And then I started, I was living in Fullerton and I was looking to play pro again. So I was trying out for different teams out in uh, Santa Ana, Mm -hmm. Fullerton, you know, third division and fourth division, UPSL teams. And um, I was on a team uh, that was working out pretty dope. It was, it was cool. Um, Very competitive. And the coach was the fucking dick. (laughs) And, you know, at that time I I lived, I lived with my girlfriend and, um, you know, I told her one day, I was like, you know what, dude, I'm just going to. Hang up, hang the boots. I'm just yeah. gonna try DJing. Awesome. Let's see what happens. Right. And um, that was the beginning of DJ Dexter, which I don't know if you went that far back into the uh, social media, but no, uh, I didn't see that. I don't know. But I that was uh, came from my little sister. And one day I was trying to you know pick a new DJ name. I was gonna I was gonna go just full force and you know just start something fresh. And I go, baby, what, what do you think I should call myself as a DJ? DJ Dexter. And I was like, why did you say that? She used to watch the cartoon. She's like, because when you're working, she goes, you're working on music and you're mixing, it just looks like you're in a science lab. I was like, ah, all nice. right, cool. That's I, cool. That's idea. what it was. So right. I used to do, you know, my little mixtapes and, you know, I do podcasts and uh, it started as DJ Dexter and I would do the Ustream. So I would do live okay. video and I, I did uh, Madhouse Wednesdays. Okay. So that's where, you know, the, the mad, that was the mad scientist and Madhouse mm-hmm. music. So that, that's how the Madhouse came about. 
And um, Wednesdays, you know, my buddy Justin would come over, just fucking cook some steaks, fucking. Made, it was literally like a constant, like it was just Wednesdays, the homies came over. Like it was a mix down, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was really, really cool. I did that, ooh, I don't know for how many weeks, um, probably a few months. Um, I was getting some guest mixes from different from different states. You know, my stuff was getting listened to in different countries. And um, I had a, a DJ, uh, Reda, Reda Invaded from Marrakech, that did a guest mix one time. It's just, it was really cool. Um, and that played, obviously, a role into me getting the side room at Sutra and the back room at 10 and stuff like that. So it was really cool. And then how all that came about, I had literally just started uh, in April was when I made that decision. I won't, I'll never forget it, April 15th. 2013 and um i went with uh my friends nikki and drew to exchange one night i forgot i want to say the headliner was bass jackers i can't remember and it was my turn to drive so they got pretty hammered mm-hmm. and um i was downstairs in the main room at exchange they could barely function and we went and sat on somebody's couch and the guy comes over he goes hey you know it's my table I'm like, dude, I, is it cool if they stay here, bro? Like, you know, I, I kind of want to watch the show. And, you know, they're, and he goes, yeah, you know, that that's cool. He's like, you new around here? And I'm like, yeah, can you can you tell? Like, do I look weird or something? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I was, you know, like, I, had, I had just made the decision to become a DJ. I wanted to, you know, check right. out what he was doing and stuff. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, I work here. My name is Darwin Paul. And I was like, oh, cool, man. I was like, actually, uh, I just started DJing. You know, I'm doing, you know, EDM now. I used to do hip hop and open format. So I gave him my card and um, he went on my SoundCloud. He listened to a mix and uh, he connected me to uh, Andrex, uh, which is out here from Orange County. Andrex was the one who gave me my first opportunity, the one that booked me at the backroom at Sutra. So that's how that came about. Darwin Paul, I mean, I still talk to him randomly and I'll, I'll never, I can never thank him enough. That's cool. That he opened that one door and I told him, I said, just, just give me one opportunity, bro, and I'll, I'll make it worth it. You know, mm-hmm. I'll do what I have to do. And, Little by little, I mean, I just, you know, just being a resident at Sutra itself at that point in time, you know, being, a, you know, in the game less than a year, mm-hmm. it was, it was huge. It was yeah. huge. I, it did a lot for me. So it did, it's, I'll, I, I will thank that guy for the rest of my life. It's very cool. Man. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so I, I guess we should probably bring it up cause it's coming up. Uh, boxing. You a fan of boxing? Yeah. So you're going to be watching the fight? Yeah. Um, which, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's just, What's going on? I, 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 I can't. <laughs> Mayweather ruined boxing, if if I may say that. Yep. Um, Speak your mind. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I mean, it's it's I, I I'm a huge fan of it. You know, when he retired, I was like, all right, cool. You know, we'll, we'll kind of you know move back towards. And what it, it took used an to upswing be. too. Yeah, it took an upswing, and then it now it's like you know, yeah, for, huge for two downfall. years you had yeah. guys like uh, Canelo, Canelo fucking and, Triple G, yep. which that fight's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, dudes like Kovalev, yeah. Andre Ward. Anthony Joshua, mm-hmm. like it was like kind of like a little renaissance of yeah. boxing after Floyd, yeah. and then all of a sudden Floyd just br- brought everyone down into the fucking muck again. Yeah, but I'm actually more of an MMA fan than I am a yeah. boxing fan. But mm-hmm. I've watched boxing since I was a kid, obviously. And I think the intrigue of this fight is that everyone wants to see Floyd lose. I feel yeah. like that's just I mean, like that's, that's, that's what all that's of his fights been, are. Yeah, yeah. That every forty nine of them has been that. But well, now, do you think it'll happen though? Yeah, uh, no. Nah. I don't think I really so. Don't. I mean, yeah, well, I've been hearing that a lot. I'm hoping so. In my yeah. heart, I hope so. Yeah. You know, and this realistically, is, no, <laughs> no. But this is my thing, and I will say this, and this is probably the only little factor that I will give Conor McGregor in this fight is Floyd has been methodical at picking who he fights and when his entire career. I don't feel like this is one of the best decisions he's made as far as fighting. Like, if you're going to make a super fight with Conor McGregor, yeah. 
three years down the road probably would have been a little bit smarter if you yeah. really, you know what I mean, don't want to have any risk involved in this fight whatsoever. Yeah. I think Conor McGregor will land some some punches. I think he'll win some rounds. I think he'll lose the fight. I yeah. don't think Floyd is going to knock him out. Floyd hasn't knocked any fucking buddy out no. in 20 years. But I think that he'll probably outclass him in the sport yeah. of boxing right. and win by decision just like 90% of his fights. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if they'll make their money. Mm-hmm. We'll all be entertained even for a little while just to root and hope that that, that slight little chance that you Floyd Mayweather gets the caught. The one hit that yeah. he gets is yeah. everybody's going to cheer. Is that it? Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's a, it's a no-lose for Conor McGregor. He won just by getting the fight. Yeah. And that's the thing about the MMA side, you mm-hmm. know. Dude, is, those promos were insane. Well, they're a little, little out Too there. Too much. But yeah. For what, what normally happens in boxing, you know what I mean? That was out there. And that, that was even out there for press conferences that normally happen in MMA world. This was like on the WWE fucking yeah, lane yeah, that was just yeah. kind of like, what the fuck That's am I watching? Call. I yeah. never thought about it like yeah. that. What That's am I watching? Exactly. Is, is Hulk Hogan going to come out right now? Grand entrance like, yeah. The one in New York and he's yeah. with the fur coat. It was like, oh, what the hell? I thought the race, the presidential race was over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shut yeah. up. Was, yeah. uh, It'll be entertaining though. I told, yeah. you know, people at work were like, so you're going to watch the fight? And I was like, yeah, I'm ordering that shit in HD and SD. Watch that shit. Nice. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, I want to do a little shout out to a former guest that we have. He's getting. He got married. Uh, DJ Kaboom. Eddie. I saw him on a flight. On a shout out or throwing up some pictures of him getting yeah. on a flight somewhere. Eddie nice. Fika. Eddie Fika. Yeah. He, Cheers to you, dude. Yeah. Congrats, brother. Um. And uh, yeah. Is there anything else we wanted to kind of bring up for for the, today? Uh, just future shows. Yeah. Uh, why don't you uh, yeah, start yeah, banging gotta... out shout outs and. Yeah, yeah we got we got media? this Thursday at uh, Bar Lipses actually here in Santa Ana. Yeah, um, we're doing uh, Madhouse Takeover and special guest Vanessa from uh, Future Future. So you got me, Sean Cruz, and Diego. Wait a Wait, minute, is that Vanessa like V N S S A? Yeah, yeah, that's a homegirl. Yeah, that's what I was saying. We all yeah, yeah, okay. We have friends in the same circles. I went to high school with her actually. Oh, Yeah, we run around in a lot of the same circles. A lot of the dudes they do that their show at Mesa. Mesa, and then also at uh, where Detroit Bar used to be. Which one is that? It's, Memphis. Uh, no, it's in the corner. It's the old Detroit Bar. It's fuck. The Wayfair. That's the Wayfair. what it is. Oh, yeah, the yeah, Wayfair yeah, yeah, shows yeah. that they do every once in a while. Cool, he's cool. cruised. He's cruised through before. Yeah, I've went and watched her play. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I've been trying to get her on, and we just have a scheduling issue. So oh, remember okay. what I was saying? Half the time, it's uh, yeah. guys are performing or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. She's one of those. A lot <laughs> of times, she's performing so much that I can't. Yeah, I can't she's been busy lately. So, but yeah, Vanessa. Shout out Vanessa. There you go. We're definitely trying to get you in here, girl. Um. Oh yeah, so keep going. Yeah, Sorry. we're doing. We're, we're uh, she's our special guest Thursday. Nice. Um, and then uh, Sunday we're at uh, Misiello again. I'm gonna play it. That that makes you were listening to. Um, we're, so we're doing another uh, Madhouse take. Well, a Madhouse take over there, and it's the whole roster. Um, so everybody's gonna play there Sunday, August 27th, Misiello. Uh, no cover, and it goes on from I believe 12 p.m. or 1 p.m. all the way to 10 p.m. Um, and then we have September 1st. We're celebrating. Um. My good friend Stephen Paul is uh, actually going away. He's moving out to Portland, also to focus on music, start a record label and stuff. So he's having this going away party, and uh, it's it's Stephen Paul and friends, and it's him with all the Madhouse guys. We're doing that at Pig and Whistle in Hollywood, oh, nice. uh, where they have Temple Tuesday. Uh, shout out to mm-hmm. my buddy Ray Cash. And then September second, we're doing Daydream at a place called Blue Jay in L.A. Okay. We're headlining Lee Wells, and uh, I've actually been working with these uh, guys from Chicago, uh, Dope Cats. So they're putting on some shows out here. They're uh, bringing some headliners. They're doing they're doing some cool stuff out here. So 
Uh, we'll be doing that. Maxo and Sean Cruda from the roster will be on that show September 2nd. That's a day party at Blue Jay. That same night, September 2nd, we're actually having our Madhouse anniversary party at Pattern Bar. Nice. Um, so that's going to be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that one a lot. Um, make, making That's what I was doing, uh, merchandise. So we're getting some hats made. We're yeah. getting some dad hats, some sweatshirts, T-shirts, um, stickers, a bunch of stuff. Uh, we're going to have a, a merch booth set up uh, for some people to come and grab some gear. Uh, and the whole roster is playing that night. And we're actually doing something really cool, a new concept that I thought about. Um, and we're all going back to back. So there's no set times. And there's really no order either. Uh, we're cool. all doing three tracks and everybody's just transitioning. Just call your turn and hop on. What Tag date team was in, that? Huh? September 2nd. Oh, that's my birthday. Yeah. Oh, come Look out. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. September 2nd. Now you got plans, dude. All right. <laughs> September 2nd, Pattern Bar Anniversary Party. Nice. Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, other than that, um, I might be uh, headed back to Montego Bay in Jamaica. Right on. Um, so everything eventually, you know, panned out well and they liked what I did and um so in, in talks with them when i left they they want me to go back uh once every two months after october Ooh, yeah so that's that's that should be pretty cool nice. um and they're gonna give me the opportunity to book other djs as well so when i come out i could bring a guest dj you know they'll cover the expenses flight hotel accommodations rides and everything um so i'm looking forward to that i'm trying you know trying to iron out the wrinkles on that one and get mm-hmm. everything going um it's amazing not having a day job it's now like now like <laughs> before like you know, i used to be really busy I was telling one of my friends the other day, like, you know, I, I thought having a day job, like, you know, obviously restricts me with time, but I thought, yeah, yeah fuck it. I'm, you know, the reason why I quit that day was because they got mad at me that I was on my phone too much. Right. Like, Dude, yeah. I'm, I'm on my phone all fucking day. I love day. that. Multitasking. Yeah, I was, all I was, my I was day. cracking up when yeah. I read it. I was like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, you know, my, they called me in and say, hey, we got a problem. I was like, oh, what's up, Boston? You've been on, been on your phone 90% of the day. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> and and what's next and he goes well you know it, it's we're paying you you know to work for us you know i understand you got something going on and i respect it but you know you're, you're working for us and i said like, you know i totally respect that i understand yeah i just put your phone away and i said cool so i have put my phone on silent and turn it upside down so you know it's not on vibrant i'm like i'm not gonna feel it i'm not gonna see it but it, my dumb ass still had my bluetooth speaker hooked up so i get a call literally two seconds after i sit down Oh, and I look shit. at my phone, and it's Gia from 6 a.m. Group. Shout out to Gia. There's no way in the world I'm not going to answer a phone call from 6 a.m. Group. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, yeah, I pick up the phone. I answer. I go clock out. I step out. And then I come back in. I clock in. And when I walk back into my office, you know, the HR lady comes up and goes, you know, sweetie, they want me to talk to you. I'm like, what's up? She has a paper in her hand. She's like waving a paper. And she's like telling me like, you know, you've been on your phone to me. I was like, what is that? She's like, it's a write-up. And I was like, fuck this. Uh-uh. <laughs> Unplugged my charger, uh-uh. got my keys, grabbed everything. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm out of here. She's like, no, you're not. Are you sure? And I was like, I'm not fucking sure, but I'll figure it the fuck yeah. out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, I can't do that, you know? Right. And the stipulations on the write-up were to put my phone away from nine to five. No there's fuck, no man. way. No. There's no way. And there's no way. I'm sorry. So I went back to my office. I put the, the paper back on my, my, my boss's desk and it's not signed. Well, it's not going to be signed again unless you sign it twice. He's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, I'm, I'm out of here. He's like, you mean to tell me that your phone's worth your job? And I said, no, but it's definitely worth my career. Yeah. I don't see myself here the next five years of my life, and I see myself doing a lot better shit. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but I'm out. Well, I mean, <clears throat> respectable, man. That's yeah. very respectable. We've brought it up before on the show, but I mean, have you heard of uh, universal income? No. The idea of universal income? So the idea of universal income is so that everybody gets, I think it's like $30,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And it's distributed through, I don't know if we, at all in one 
chunk I, I don't think it would be like that i think it would be split throughout the year you mm-hmm. know it's like every month or whatever two weeks you get yeah. a check from the government uh-huh. and it's it's so that people can basically start doing what you're doing uh-huh. which is art and stuff that they don't need to be constrained to a job yeah. and driving two hours into work eight hours at a you know a desk and then two yeah. hours home so that's something that we've kind that's of been tied hearing. into automation though they yeah. say as more automation, automation happens yeah they're looking at how they're going to essentially keep uh like good living conditions for people when they're able to automate so many jobs out there. Uh, and that was one of the theories as well. They yeah. could do like a baseline income that everybody would get because everything's so streamlined and automated in the future Got it. that it would then free up everybody to pursue their passions, yeah. their career or, you know, their art form, stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah. It's was, a pretty interesting theory, but it's a, it's a pipe dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was seeing uh, the first, the first uh, set of jobs that's going to take a big hit is the trucking industry. Because mm. it employs one of the largest numbers of uh, middle class workers, and yeah, that's going to be the next one to get hit. They said so. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. Uh, Interesting. I'll look it up. So, um, did you want to plug anything? Or are you good? Yeah, I can plug some shit. I just launched a new project, Caught Inside. Uh, you can just head to the website, CaughtXInside.com. It's a uh, bass music. Uh, my buddy and I were doing like a project called Brothers Grimm for a while. And uh, I've been doing that for like five plus years, gained some good steam and stuff. And we kind of ran into some trademark red tape once we kind of were taking the next steps of our career. So we decided to rebrand Caught Inside. We got some tunes out right now. Uh, we just launched it a couple weeks ago. So cool. website, CaughtXInside.com. Go check it out. Dope. Yeah. Um, and I got some more stuff coming up, but uh, we're not going to. We're not going to speak on it because nothing's confirmed. So you can just find everything at my social media at BFlysoundFX. And all the episodes are on SoundCloud or at the website ButterflySoundEffect.com. So thanks for coming out, dude. It yeah. Great great talk. I, I loved uh, I loved the story, man. It was really cool. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And just a, just a quick shout out, too, to everybody uh, listening out there. Sometimes people approach me and they ask me questions and, you know, they, they admit that they're scared to ask me. Uh, I want to put myself out there to anybody that's listening to this podcast, anybody that's on the live stream right now as well, ask me questions, guys. I, I'm, I'm here to help. I'm, I'm, I'm the last person that will ever keep any secrets as far as the industry is concerned. Cool. I've been through a lot. I've, I've seen a lot. I've, I've done a lot, you know, as far as changes go, as far as, you know, branding goes, you know, I've changed my name. I changed my mm-hmm. whole image. I've changed genres. You know, I can critique your music. I can critique, you know, your production as best I can. So anybody feel free, find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all my social media platforms is dj eddie portillo um feel free to hit me up guys all right awesome, awesome. thanks cool. a lot for having that's me that's rad thanks for cruising through taking the yeah. time appreciate sure, it man thanks for having me all, all right. right sweet we're out we'll be back peace